also host a podcast with Eric, formerly of the 11th Company Podcast, and Jim Vessel, who's fairly well known in the ITC tournament scene. He also does a few shows on his own with various co-hosts on Twitch. And I thought I'd do this podcast and just kind of avoid me discussing things without trying to have the subjects push their way into the more pressing things that may or may not be going on in the meta for our episodes that we post weekly, which is the Exterminatus podcast. So I thought I'd start the first episode with one of the things I hear the most when it comes to non-tournament players, which is the perception of the tournament player. And there's a few things that are always ex- stereotyped in the tournament player. The first is an acronym, which is spelled W-A-A-C and pronounced WAC. That is the win-at-all-cost player. Now, as someone who's been to a lot of tournaments, of course, I mean, people want to win. That's part of going to a tournament. Not everybody wants to win. So, I mean, certainly, you don't want to lose. So, it's kind of hard to say that, you know, people don't want to win. But... When it comes to the idea of winning at all cost, which, much as it implies, includes things like cheating, uh, in all of its various forms, you know, you've got the people who will lie about the dice rolls and pick them up as quickly as possible, the people who will bump models to either move them closer or further away from things like objectives or other models. And then you just have the people who will find ways of cheating out off the tabletop and in the score sheet. Now, I can't say that there aren't one-at-all-cost players that make their way into the tournament scene sometimes. I think I've seen as many as almost 10,000 players take part in the ITC. And at 10,000 players... Even if it's only half a percent of people that are cheating, that's still 50 people. So, as a whole, the ITC does its best to keep track of cheaters. They do have a a, uh, yellow card and red card system. But when you don't have judges at every table, you can only do so much. So it's kind of up to the players to keep track of that. Now, another thing that people will say about tournament players is that they can be, even if they're not uh, win at all cost, they can be cutthroat, might be the word. And, I mean, again, you're going to find all all sorts of people in the tournament scene. 
you're going to find laid back people and you're going to find the people that they're pretty competitive and especially if you're a beginner you might run into one of the one or two of those people at the beginning of the tournament but chances are you know come round three or later especially if you're in a GT you're going to end up coming across people that have, they're either they're down on their luck and they're complaining which anybody can do or they have mindset a little bit more similar to yours so I mean yeah you got to realize that people are people and if you're going to a tournament you're going to be playing other people that want to go to a tournament just like if you're playing in a narrative campaign you're going to come across the people that tend to like to play narrative campaigns hold that against them, like some people try to when it comes to tournament players. In fact, even, you know, if you ever meet some of the tournament players, they tend to be pretty decent dudes. I mean, yeah, there's, just statistically speaking, there's going to be one, maybe two outliers. But you've got people like Don Hewson, Rich Kilton, all sorts of people that they're just they're great guys. Yes, when they play, they're gonna try to play to win, but they're not gonna they're not cheaters. They're not one at all cost. They're there to play the game. And sure, sometimes the argument's gonna be rules interpretation. Unfortunately, it's not always easiest to play without some sort of idea from the writers how they want the rule to be played. So you have the rules as intended versus the rules as written argument that just comes up every now and then. You also have things, a great example of that is recently in the ITC we had an issue of the rule being that when you place something from reserve it has to be nine inches away from an enemy unit well people would do that with like the dark eldar raider and because it was a little off the ground and you measured off the hole there would be an argument with that uh well when you measure it this way when you're putting it down on the board, it's nine inches. But then, when you measure it this way, you're actually closer than nine inches. So you don't need to roll on nine, you need to roll an eight. But if you make that argument, you're also admitting that you put your model too close. Because if at any point you can measure it and it's closer, well, then you didn't actually put it far enough away and this comes down to uh, an issue of rules as intended but it's also if you think about it rules as written because you know at no point that they want the model to be closer than nine inches I mean that's what they even said so you have tournament players who 
take things that are written and use it to their advantage. But again, you know, it's when you're talking statistics of players, you have 10,000. And of course, it's, it all comes down to if a lot of tournament organizers rule in favor of, you know, the exploitation of said rule, more people are going to do it because, not because they want to cheat, but because they see it as a legal move, you know? You can see in something like a chess player, if all of a sudden everybody starts using a piece different and the judges are okay with it, sooner or later everybody's going to do it too. big misconceptions when it comes to tournament players is their list. And to a point, I mean, that's kind of the case. If you play against someone who is uh, more of a narrative gamer, they're more often likely to make a list that is fluffy. I guess would be the right word. Not that it's necessarily not competitive, just that it might be based on, you know, maybe it's based on a book or something like, you know, trying to feel the company where it's, it reflects the, the story of the game. Whereas in a tournament, people are picking the models that work best in their eyes. Which is why you see, at least prior to 9th edition, you would see people playing an army that was one detachment, one faction, and it had two captains. Sure, in the lore or the fluff of the game, you know, no space marine company has two captains. But that was perfectly legal to wait, uh, play in a list. Now, we've seen lately that more and more Games Workshop is having their rules reflect the lore. So, the best instance right now is Space Marines because you can't have more than one captain in the same detachment which in a way is sort of to reflect that that company only has one captain, of course. But you are allowed two lieutenants, which is actually okay as far as the lore goes. So we are seeing a little bit of a move of the uh, tournament list to where it starts to reflect the narrative side just a little bit more. Now that's not to say that people don't find other ways to, you know, exploit. I don't want to use the word exploit because it it kind of it makes the assumption that it's nefarious or uh, ill intent when 
risk. So, one of the things that were done early on in 9th edition with the Space Group book was we would see people take as many of the ATVs as possible and have them around an apothecary. Why? Because the apothecary could heal them up and even potentially bring one back. Now, I mean, there's no, I didn't see any reason that that couldn't be the case. But again, you start seeing an exploitation. People, a way where people can take something that was a cool thing and they took it to 11. So, you know, you've got these people running three squads of three, generally speaking with Melthas, and it was making a big splash in the tournament scene. So, sooner or later, uh, any rules writer who had the idea of any kind of balance in mind would want to address it eventually. Now, what they did is they made it where the apothecary can't heal the ATVs. And you see a big change. All of a sudden, people are running around with nine ATVs. Why? Because you can't exploit that rule anymore. So, it's going to be the same just about no matter what. If there is a rules exploit, and I'm just going to go ahead and use that word anyway, then people are going to go for it. Um, I know that in Drakari, the Dark Technomancer rule was fairly popular, especially in regard to one of the guns. And people bought as many of those guns as they could for their, I believe, Just recently, as about a week or two ago, GW came out and said, Hey, uh, Dark Technomancer no longer works with that gun. Well, I was listening to a Drakari centered podcast yesterday, and of course, that means that everybody's basically dropped from their list, or at the very least, they're getting rid of a whole bunch of racks that have those guns. So, I think it's important to note that if you see an exploit and you want to go for it, it's not an illegal move to do. It's not a win-at-all-cost thing to do, necessarily. But you do have to keep in mind that at some point you may have to consider that you need to future-proof your army. And one example is to not solely base the list around that rules exploit. I mean, you certainly could use it, but you should also be prepared for the day that it doesn't work. So, with that in mind, I actually think that there's not much else I can think of, at least right now, to say about the idea of tournament players, except that if you actually meet the tournament players, generally speaking, you'll find out that 
they're decent guys and girls. And they're just there to play the game that they want to play it, which isn't cutthroat, it's just competitive. And I think you'll find that if you go to a tournament and you actually try to converse and be friendly, you may find yourself wanting to go to more of them. Whether it be just a friendly little store tournament that gets held once or twice a year, or even an ITC tournament. So, before you decide to sit and complain about tournament players, because rules are being reflected from tournaments when it comes to things like FAQs and such, uh, maybe give it a chance. Who's to say? Maybe you'll find out you're, you yourself are a tournament player too.